0: Oh yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. Today's show is sponsored by Ringmaster on a mission to launch B2B podcasts that create relationships, generate revenue, and drive growth. Ringmasterlive.com. Bam. And then all of the clock gears and the dynamite fuse—it's all—it's all started. Things are about to happen. I'm excited. I can't wait to introduce our guest today. He is everything. He's every, okay. He is a marketing leader. He's a thought leader, brand strategist, fellow podcaster to the stars, huge podcast, the B two B Power Hour, big fan. He co-hosts that. Um, talking sales. Talk, talking marketing. Hashing it out with his co-host, managing director of Aligned, Morgan Smith. Welcome to the show, sir.
1: Hey, Casey. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. What an intro. Remind me to to bring you on the B Power Hour sometimes, so you can introduce us. Because yes. I feel like uh, I I'm I'm psyched to be here now.
0: I'm I feel just, like you can clip it and it can become your Joe Rogan clip. You know.
1: Honestly, I'm I'm down. B Power down. Hour
0: by day, by day. <laughs> Marketing by night. All day. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> totally, man. So mm. I'm so glad you're here. I can't wait to learn from you. I, I mean, we, we've chatted before. There's some things you're just dying to, to just get after and smash. So I need to pass you this thing. It's yes. heavy, but clearly you mm-hmm. work out more than I do. Here we go. Ugh. All right. You got it? Right. Yep. I got it. All right. Take it Thor's hammer. It is heavy. Oh, it's heavy, right? Take Thor's <laughs> hammer, smash for me some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception set the record straight once and for all
1: you do not need a personal brand or an evangelist to win on LinkedIn that is a myth that you need an evangelist or you need a lot of followers to win on LinkedIn it's just not true uh, and if you think about it it's actually a really bad strategy it's like a it's a really poor way to scale a marketing function because it's, it's really, really limited. So at a strategic side, the first thing I think about when, when we talk with VPs of sales, VPs of marketing, CROs, is this worth our energy and investment? All right. Problem number one is there's only ever going to be so many evangelists. So this is, this is a limiting problem, right? There are only going to be so many people with so many followers. The, you know, social media obeys a power law. We have all heard about the long tail of content, that there's always going to be a Mr. Beast at the top who gets, you know, 50 million views a video, and then there's going to be everybody else further down the long tail.
0: Yeah. (laughs) My parents are listening. You know, maybe maybe one of your friends is going to listen. That's it, you know? That's all we know.
1: Yeah. And so with, with a few exceptions, I mean, think yeah. of B2B. Who are the big influencers, right? There's a handful of accounts who have more than 100,000 followers. Sure. And then, yeah, there's a bigger chunk but not as many who are in that 25 to 50,000 chunk. And then there's a lot of people below 25 and then even more below 10 and then so 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 many below 5 or 4,000 followers. So the first thing I think about is that's a law of gravity on social media. It's something that we can't get around because as they get more as we get more popular, other people get more popular. And so it is really limiting to be you know, super successful on a social media platform because there's only going to be so many evangelists. But the truth is, the reason that companies pursue this strategy is that there's been this big shift from physical to digital. And so they feel like, well, we need to put somebody out there. We need to put a credible voice, a credible face to our brand marketing strategy and get in front of people and build that relationship before the sale. And there's a lot to that. I think that's probably true, right? I think that's that's why it works. That's why companies invest in it is that in this digital world we trust people and having that personal connection with somebody makes a lot of sense, right? But now there's two problems that come with that. Dude,
0: real quick. I feel like you just steal that argument so well that I'm like, I'm so nervous because now you're just going to smash it completely. You're like, I get it. Here's your reason. But guess what? You're, I mean, I get you're it. You're all going
1: to die.
0: I can't wait. Um, what happens if they
1: leave? And this is – I will tell you, this is the number one thing every CMO I've talked to brings up, Right? Cause I, I interact with social selling a lot. So so a lot of my work at Aligned is working with sales teams more than anything, but they need marketing support. Yeah. And so a lot of the CMO's perspective is, well, what? We're just gonna, you know, invest a lot of time and energy into people. And what what happens when they leave the company? Well, they take that asset with them. It's not a it's not a company owned asset. It's a person-owned asset. And so it's a huge leverage point for the individual, which is great, mm-hmm. something I support, but the risk and reward of it. To the company is that they might leave. And I can think of seven, eight, nine, ten 10 evangelists in my feed who have left their companies in the last six to 12 months, right? And they've moved on to a different brand. And what happens to the old brand? Well, it falls out of mind, right? Look, it I haven't goes thought about Vanilla away.
0: Soft since this conversation. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> And, and that's a real problem, right? If you think about brand marketing, what's the purpose of brand marketing? It's to build permission with your audience. It's to have them say, yes, I want to hear from you. Yes, I will open up your newsletter. Yes, I want to learn more about your company. And we are staking it all on an individual because that's been the sort of way we want to do it. The other is we don't the, the, the platform changes all the time. I don't know about you. My feed is often filled with endless frustration with the ever-changing algorithm, which presents its own challenges to being effective. Uh, but beyond that, there's not a lot, very few companies, in my opinion, have the discipline to execute an evangelist strategy. Because it's not about putting somebody on a live show and getting them out there. And talking about a a, you know a theory, a methodology, a, a POV of the industry. It's having feedback loops with audience members, with trusted prospects. It's leveraging the sales motion. Instead of having your salespeople invite them to a call, it's having them invite them to this evangelist piece or evangelist show or listen to this podcast, whatever it is, right? You have to be relevant, you have to be timely. You have to have a creative vision for what the show is and stick to it, far beyond most marketing uh, organizations' horizons. And so all these problems sort of stack up to this, well, is evangelism worth it? Is a personal evan- is an evangelist or a personal brand really worth it on LinkedIn right. if you're thinking about brand marketing? And I don't think it is. And more importantly, let's flip this. My original promise was you don't need it. And the truth is you don't need it to win on LinkedIn the magic of linkedin is it is a 24/7 networking party and we treat it as if it's a as if all of us are on the ted stage and not all of us are in the audience <laughs> the truth is most of us are in the audience at these ted talks most of us are in the chairs most of us are are listening to other speakers and the magic, we all know this. This is, this is the, the old adage from every physical conference I've ever been to, pre-pandemic, post-pandemic. It's, well, the content from the stage is fine, but you know why I went? It's because of the people there. It's because I yeah. got to you know, yeah. meet somebody, right? Right. <laughs> that we know this. Why is that any different in digital?
0: I sometimes skip the presentations.
1: Why? Yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not different in digital. LinkedIn is a networking platform. It's an opportunity for us to connect with other people at the same conference. And if we start treating it like that, then what we're going to spend every week doing is leaving comments, is sending DMs, asking people, hey, did you see this resource? Or check out this post because we were just talking about AI the other day, and this person has a really interesting perspective. Or, hey, tell me more about your company because I'm interested, we might have Opportunities to collaborate. I don't know. I mean, think about all the ways you start a conversation in person. Now just do it digitally. That's LinkedIn, and we think that. And, and this is the main major mistake. And then I'll I'll get off my soapbox, Casey. We confuse attention for credibility, and there is a Venn diagram, right? There's a Venn diagram between having attention and having credibility. But the ingredients that that you uh, have when you're earning attention on the platform is going viral, right? Or having that trendy hook or sensationalism or mm. all of these things that that get you the 100,000 impression posts, that get you the 25,000 followers, et cetera. But in all of our experience, it is nobody has ever come to me saying, oh, thank God I had a post go viral. Why? Well, because your buyers aren't paying attention that way your buyers are paying attention to the permission that you've built with them, the credibility you've built with them, the trust that you've earned. And one post alone is not going to do that, right? One post alone is not going to secure that deal or secure that lead. So if that's the case, we should be investing all of our energy in building credibility, building permission as an organization, as a company, and not necessarily uh, leaving all of that work to one face, who we may or may not be able to hire who may or may not leave our organization in 12 to 18 months and who may or may not be able to have the discipline to execute an evangelist strategy. So that's the myth. You don't need a personal brand or evangelist to win on LinkedIn.
0: Man. I feel like that needs like an explosion after that. It's not even a mic drop. So first of all, I feel dumb because that was, that was really eye Uh, so I'm glad I'm learning from you here today. Uh, man the idea i've i 've never heard this right like three hundred plus episodes, and i haven 't heard this now somebody's going to correct me and be like, yeah, I like <laughs> episode thirty seven but i know i'm pretty sure i the idea that we 're all using LinkedIn and I feel it and i don 't like it right and so I'd never felt good to me, and i haven 't understood or had the words to know why it 's because we're it's we think that it's incentivizing us to all be talking at each other, you know, and being those really annoying TEDx people Uh that are, you know, like on the TEDx stage, I understand, but like walking around, you're at the grocery store, you don't, you bump into someone. Oh, Hey, good morning. Good morning. Indeed is what happened to me three years ago. Let me tell you the story about how I almost lost my life in this grocery store. You're like, no, 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 Uh no. I just was saying good morning. Yeah. We're all doing that, man. We're just, it's like a, Attention—it's almost that attention-seeking feedback loop from the Instagram, TikTok-y type stuff, fighting, trying to see if there's a purchase mm-hmm. inside of LinkedIn.
1: And 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 it's because we think that attention earns us the sale, or earns us the lead. Right? right. I'm I'm thinking of sale in the broad sense, right? The entire organization here, and it's just not the case, right? It's credibility. Can't you know? Are you a good person? Are you showing up with good intentions? Can you actually solve my problem? Are you as good as you say you are? That's credibility. And that can be done without having to, yeah, I'm on my flight at 3 a.m. this morning and I saw this in the airport and I'm going to share this out. Like that's that's fine, I guess, if you want to have a lot of followers, but it's never earned me any deals.
0: <laughs> they spelled my name yeah. wrong at Starbucks. They used a K instead of a C. And then you know what? I didn't recycle that <laughs> cup. Do you know why? Because there's too much recycling in this planet, and I'm gonna donate. I'm gonna donate to a landfill yep. instead, you know. Like, yep. you're like, oh, oh, a share viral, but no one's buying that. No one's buying your thing, they've missed a step mm-hmm. there. Um, okay, we so I'm uh, sort of parsing this. We're confusing attention for all sorts of things. You mentioned the sale, we're confusing attention for interest for intent for anything, right? Like, okay, what, what does attention mean before we go on to credibility? What should we just treat it as? Like, how far do we let it go? And so I think
1: off? attention is useful. I think it is maybe validation of an idea. I think, and, and if you get a little more granular, it's validation from a particular audience about your perspective or about your approach or about your idea, right? I mean, I work with a lot of SDRs and account executives. And when a bunch of SDRs and account executives like a post or send me a DM afterwards saying, Hey, I have a question because your post was so good. That's attention. And that's good attention, right? Cause it's yeah, validating yeah. The, yeah. the approach that we're using. And the same goes for all sorts of marketing. When you run a campaign, Or you do brand marketing of some kind, and that gets a lot of people to come in through your doors or a lot of people to reach out. Maybe they're not prospects or buyers, but say, hey, I really loved your ad, and they are the right audience. Oh, love that attention, right? But I wouldn't take that that much further on LinkedIn. Attention is just eyeballs, right? They're just people who are watching, you know?
0: Yeah. Feels a little bit like eating cotton candy when you're hungry, (laughs) you know? You're like like oh look at that that's going to be so good and your body's like that's so sweet but then it's like but wait there's not really yes. any sustenance in this yes we, we need more yes yeah you can starve to death eating cotton candy i actually don't know if you can starve to death eating cotton candy but you know what that's the quote i'm going to use you can starve to death I eating like cotton candy i like it <laughs> there it is we'll, we'll clip that but yeah i love this man it's so, okay noted on attention let's talk credibility you you kind of rapidly described what you, you mentioned, are you yes. a good person? Are you say good as you talk more about what is credibility and then I want to shift over into like how the hell do right. I get it so, the right way?
1: At the top level, the way I think about it is is synonymous with Seth Godin's famous permission marketing. So and and I have okay. this uh, this quote in front of me and, and it just rings in my head from Seth Godin. Permission marketing is the privilege, not the right of delivering anticipated, personal, and relevant messages to people who actually want to get them. In order to get permission, you make a promise, you say, I will do X, Y, and Z, I hope you will give me permission by listening, and then you deliver on that promise. So credibility, I like the way uh, Franklin Covey has this framework, that that they think about credibility, which is four questions, okay? Question one is, can I trust you? And that's about your integrity, Question two is, are you a good person? And that's intent. Are you showing up with good intent? Number three is, can you actually solve my problem? That's about capabilities. And question four is, are you as good as you say you are? Results. And the funny part is a lot of us are quite good at number three and number four. Capabilities and results. We talk about the problems we solve and we have social proof. We bring in case studies, we bring in testimonials, we talk about our customers, we say, wow, look at how extraordinary our company is, or how great our product is, and all of that, right? And the truth is, on LinkedIn, number one and number two is where the magic happens. Can I trust you? And are you a good person? So credibility in this way, when it's done right, is earning that same idea from Seth Godin, it's earning permission. So when you send a DM to somebody and you've showed up at their feed or you've engaged in their comments or on and on, you know that that person will respond to you because you've built that permission. That's credibility to me, right? Think about the influencers or the thought leaders that you follow and if they showed up in your DM, uh, in your DMs or in your inbox, not an email or whatever, with just a basic ask, right? right. Which is like, "Hey, Wanted your feedback on this. Or, hey, because, uh, you know, you showed up to an event last year. We had a great time. We're hosting something similar this year. Wanted to know if you're interested. And these are from people, what? That you trust, right? That's that's factor one. Or that have shown up with good intentions consistently. You're going to pay attention to them. Mm. Same goes, I mean, and I think where we lose this, Casey... (laughs) Is For whatever reason, when we went from the physical world to the digital world, we just, like, unplugged our brains from common sense. The same stuff happens in physical. If you're at an in-person networking event and somebody you don't know comes up to you and says, hey, I got this great workshop for you. It's 50 bucks. Do you want to buy it? You look at him and you go, what? What are you talking about? (laughs) No. No. I don't want that. And there's no difference on LinkedIn. There's no difference. It's the same stuff. It's just digital.
0: When you read off Godin's um, permission marketing, by the way, mm. great quote. Shout out to Seth. Uh, man, I thought you know, privilege, not the right of delivering messages, getting the permission, and then delivering on those promises. I thought, what is it? Something like 90% of all the emails we get. Completely oh, violates yes. the shit out of that, right? That's not. It's not even. It's not even close. Not. It's not like. Yep. It, yeah. Not. Not even close at all. So the, nice dream. That is. What, that's what we should aspire to. But gosh, have we sort of a, abandoned that? And that. That would be great. Like this is what I'd like. Cool. I get this in my inbox. Only a few times have I had. I think there's probably two email newsletters I'll, I'll subscribe to because they actually. Yes. They come, interesting. And I'll stay on there. Otherwise, the rest, I'm either filtering it or unsubscribing yep. it or killing it. And that's it. that intent problem, right?
1: You're, you get We all have that sniffer yeah. of like, oh, they're trying to sell me. Or like, oh, they're really trying to push me down some funnel. I got on a sequence like that the other week where the upfront resource was really good. Email two was really good and I was very hopeful. And then it just spiraled out of existence from there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Which that's is uh, that's I all we a, got. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> okay. thanks, I guess. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. So if you want to I mean, what's what's kind of like a first step then or what gets us on the path to how we do this the right way? If you know, if we're keeping in mind Covey's mm-hmm. four, where do we start? If we're pivoting away from being divas on LinkedIn, where do we go?
1: you go to your network, man. So here's the thing. I think of three buckets on LinkedIn. Okay. And this goes for sellers. This goes for marketers, right? Bucket one are influencers. They're the people who already have the stage. Okay. They have the posts that get 300, 400 likes. They have the 50,000 followers. They're the established evangelists for whatever they're doing which is great. You can aspire to be to that. I I don't have anything against it. I just don't think it's you don't need it to win. Right? So bucket 1 are influencers. Bucket 2 are peers. Your peers. People who are doing the same stuff you're up to. If you're if you're a performance marketer, it's other performance marketers, right? If you are a demand gen strategist, it's other demand gen people. If you're CMOs, it's other CMOs. Yeah. And then bucket three are engaged customers and prospects. And so this is the mistake. You'll see this a lot in the sales side where sellers sort of take a profile uh, as guilty until proven innocent. And so they'll send them an email or they'll send them a message saying, hey, you should buy from us. And what do they get? They get nothing out of it because people don't buy like that on LinkedIn. And so when I say engaged customers and prospects, I'm looking for signs of life. I'm looking for did they have they posted anything have they reshared anything do they like anything do they comment on anything cuz if they're not active on the platform more yeah. than you know you clicks you can go to somebody's profile and gradually do this you don't have to do this all yeah. at once and Casey I can look at your activity and I can see what are you liking and what are you commenting on if somebody that you know, <laughs> yeah, what am I liking and commenting on if I'm somebody nervous, is isn't really doing it much I'm not going to I'm not going to spend the it's yeah. like somebody who comes into a conference for one session in the morning and then disappears for the rest of the 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 program. I'm, I I Yeah, and they're still in their pajamas right. when I'm they came in. I'm not going to spend time getting to know them. No offense, like it's just I, where do I want to invest my energy? I'm going to invest it with the people who have a stage, my peers, and people who are active on the platform. And all I'm going to do, and this is the simplest thing we seem to screw up is I'm gonna engage with them. That's it. I'm going to leave a comment on a post. Right. It could be a funny comment, could be an insightful one, could be a curious one, especially really good on influencers or or maybe the people you want to sell to, engage with, buy with who are in the comments already. You know, you reply to their comment with something funny, interesting, curious. Yeah. You go find your peers, send them a connection request, be like, hey, see where don't do the over professional stuff, right? You, if you wouldn't speak it out loud, don't type it on LinkedIn. So, hey Casey, see, see, we're both uh, uh, in marketing, and and also seems like we both host podcasts. Let's talk podcasts and send, connect with my peers, right? And then lastly, with customers and prospects, yeah. go find them. Maybe they're already if they're active, they're commenting on stuff. You don't have to connect with them immediately. But you're just gradually building out the network, and all you're doing then is over a period of time, you're using content, not as attention-grabbing, but educating the audience or providing interesting point of view, and you're engaging with them. You find a reason to have a conversation. You don't have to do it with everybody all at once, but you see somebody switch a job to a company you know, start a conversation. You see somebody engaged on, I don't know, your favorite sports team, (laughs) start a conversation. This is – it kind of feels basic. I don't know about you. This feels like 101. But the number of marketers and sellers that we work with think it's more complicated, and it's not. And the reason I know it's not is that we've built a business on the basics of 101 of just going out and having a network. And starting meaningful conversations.
0: Yeah. Dude. Drops the mic, drinks the water. Powerful. Where does this go? Mm. If you follow this trend, you know, good and the bad. The crazy people getting crazier on LinkedIn. And then more and more people valuing credibility. What what do you see around the corner? Where – what are you excited for? What what changes are coming that we should keep an eye
1: on? Well, I think we're in the biggest um, B2B shift right now. And I have no idea how it's going to shake out. And that shift is from physical to digital.
0: You, you think it's still in the physical digital? Like Because there's that. And then there's marketing automation. And then there's ABM. And then now there's... AI but you, you feel like the the shift is still though going to the digital well and, side.
1: and I mean this in a macro sense like yeah sure HubSpot released their inbound marketing model in what 2012 2014 whatever it was so we're less than a decade on sales especially is suffering right we and and the reason is it didn't really it didn't have a a reason to shift until the pandemic cuz you used to have all these field sales people who now have to be digital sellers. And that's a big shift for uh, go-to-market programs. And then the other problem is actually out of HubSpot's inbound marketing program, everybody took the playbook, and now we are surrounded by noise. And the problem is uh, that we – I call this the brick wall. We've all constructed the brick wall. We all just tune out the the non-applicable things. And so – the problem I think every organization is running into, whether they have SDR sending email sequences, or they have a marketing automation sending email nurture campaigns, or they're running ads or whatever, is that people are so overwhelmed by all of it that they just sort of tune it out. Now, why does this make me excited? And why do I think about physical to digital? It means that the people who can cut through the noise <laughs> are going to have incredible leverage to take advantage of this and the way that I think you cut through the noise the way that I that the reason that I'm excited about that shift is that we get to lean on the fundamentals of good marketing what is disruptive what's going to get people's attention how are we going to raise their eyebrows right because b2b I you know my first uh part of my career was in B2C. I was designing websites. I was doing email marketing for, uh, small businesses mostly, but also some e-commerce shops. And the truth is B2B kind of sounds the same. Um, I like to affectionately joke that the product marketers are running the asylum. And, uh, it, it, you know, there's a lot of just product centric messaging, product centric campaigns, and people don't know what product they should buy. I mean, we're not in uh, uh, King Supers or, or a city market or some grocery store. We are uh, shopping online, and those brands that connect with us digitally, not in a physical sense, not in trade shows, not et cetera, but somebody has the creative audacity, the creative courage to create something that is emotional or has a lot of personality or has a lot of authenticity is going to just slice through all of the noise that buyers are forced into. And I think it's going to raise some eyebrows. And we start to see this, right? Some, you know, there's a couple, couple companies yeah. that have done really good about like their point of view, especially as a service company, like the, this is what we believe in, like Refine Labs and and Chris Walker, really good about driving that, you know, point of view, right?
0: Yeah, but it's not Chris. It's yeah. all the cold brew that he drinks, right? I mean, that's, that's, it is, real it secret. is,
1: it is, honestly. I wish it. it
0: is caffeination. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. But, um, but
1: other B2B companies like Lavender, the email coach, has done a good job about doing some disruptive yeah. short form video content about like, oh, cold email is supposed to work this way. That's cool. That's funny. Um, right. but I think there's this groundswell in the next couple of years for, Companies to really take advantage of creative and courageous, meaning uh, campaigns, to really connect with buyers. Because, honestly, there's probably an AI tool to solve all your problems. And the issue is going to be there's going to be 3,000 AI tools to solve all your problems. And now buyers are just going to, nah, I don't Mm. know which one to buy. And so they don't buy any. And that problem is going to be everywhere. So I'm very excited to see some creativity in uh, a traditionally kind of buttoned up industry.
0: Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. Let's go. But really my next question is like, who who are you? Who are you? I've had at least three dumb caveman moments listening to you. uh, Explain to me what I've been feeling for so long about social and authenticity and, and the permission, all these things, right? How do you know these things? How, what kind of superhero potion did you drink? Uh is it did you get bit by a spider? Can you take me back in time? Like little Morgan days, did you know you're gonna be doing this stuff? Were you marking no. it like three? <laughs> uh
1: and 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 no radioactive spiders on my journey, Casey. I know. Sorry to, <sighs> sorry. To. No, we had a Thor hammer earlier one. as well. I was not blessed with some uh super we did. godly powers. We did. You, although I, it's oh, the real
0: one too you way, are worthy
1: you know i i admire yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> no one that's authentic, authenticity hey, coming it's through real... right there. It's really <laughs> oh cool yeah hammer, i'm sure it is
1: <laughs> when i was young i had the uh uh the blessing and for a while it was a blessing in disguise but now it's a blessing to grow up in a pretty entrepreneurial household my dad um still does marketing campaigns still does crazy crazy disruptive stuff and uh oh. like he'll create i don't know hand engraved coffins as a contact campaign or you know some of those are more old school stuff <laughs> what? yeah
0: Wait, what <laughs> like he'll 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 ship you a coffin uh, or to your to place your of business
1: when the campaign was run yeah uh huh
0: what, that you're going to die if you don't yeah, basically. sign up for purposes, I mean, that, <laughs> So the campaign was like
1: uh, IT transformation. And uh, you know, e-commerce stores had a big like cross-channel conflict problem. Stuff was in the store. Stuff was online. But maybe they weren't in both places. And so this company had a solution. And so the campaign was, let's create a – well, back then you could get away with like a five-minute video. Um, so we're going to create a five-minute spooky video. And we're gonna put it inside a coffin that's engraved Mobilizer die, and we're gonna send it to all of our uh, chief like CTO contacts at you know our companies, and get them to respond you know with a phone that was inside the coffin, and uh, give us a call.
0: Hell yeah. yeah, there was. So
1: it was um that was the kind of energy.
0: Wait, wait. Was it No, a no, no, no. It was it, was. it was it, like a, a, like it was a, a smaller, one.
1: smaller coffin. Okay,
0: I was picturing <laughs> some giant shipment of like a giant coffin being sent. It no. fits your uh-huh. body. Like hop in and uh-huh. take a nap on us. Oh my gosh. Okay, I feel a little bit better that it was a small one. But I love the yeah, and the like you like know, a little video
1: player in there, and then a phone to pick up and call somebody. And you know, I grew up around that sort of like, like the purpose of marketing is yes to generate sales. Like it's supposed to close deals. And also, you're supposed to have fun doing it. Like, I grew up around this energy of marketing is supposed to be audacious and crazy and remarkable. Uh, People are supposed to remark upon your marketing campaigns. And uh, that's gotten me in trouble before, you know? Like, companies aren't necessarily willing to play risky when they are.
0: Can you tell me about how you got in trouble? I
1: can't. Tea. Tea. I mean, I can give the the high level sort of like, you I really wanted to do...
0: You want to say it in big yeah. lab? <laughs> right, so I'll say it backwards
1: it. too and then recite it three times at the end. The um, <laughs> I, I mean, I've definitely tried to push company, clients of ours at Aligned and in previous brand strategy work to like, yeah. let's get real. Let's connect with people. We're more than a company. Let's paint the vision. What's the transformation that they get? And let's be honest about the, the, the mm. personal side of it. You know, it's always funny working in supposedly like personal industries like healthcare. But the minute you go to the healthcare technology companies, they're all so buttoned up about how great their product is. And I'm like, healthcare saving lives. Why don't we talk about saving lives? Why don't we talk about how our technology helps save lives? I like guess not that st- stretch of an yeah. imagination here, but I never really get so, you know, scared about it. But anyways, instead of uh waiting tables in school, I uh uh taught myself to build websites. This is like when was this? This was early web 2.0, so this was like 2009, and I caught the early wave of that when it was a big deal for have like 5,000 Twitter followers and uh, you know, marketing automation was brand new. <laughs> you know, MailChimp had just launched their first drip sequencer or whatever it was back then. And um, sort of rode that wave until I wanted to stop freelancing. And uh, I got a degree in college in economics. So I went and worked for a city and did a a brand, basically a brand campaign for a city, which is fascinating. Uh, it's It's a real problem because you can't change what you sell. So you have to you have to basically sell what you have, <laughs> and that's its own sort of creative constraint. Right. Um, you got to sell to businesses and, and people that they should move there or or relocate there or expand there. And then after that, uh, w- once my life turned into an episode of Park, uh, Parks and Rec, I decided to get out of it. And, it, you know, great show, not great to live in, um, and did brand <laughs> strategy work until today. So I think a lot about companies' long-term – engagement honestly Casey what you know how do we create a company that lasts for 10 years 20 years 50 years
0: yeah Lo- love the idea of mixing it up and you know if you're not getting in trouble in marketing are you really pushing enough you know <laughs> no especially I- if it's on brand it's just extreme on brand yeah. yeah and no you
1: don't have to be dumb about it like yeah. if you're selling to if you're selling to lawyers like you don't have to be outrageous but those lawyers are people and they care about i don't know fast cars or or cool experiences or their kids swim meet practice like we shouldn't avoid those sorts of conversations and i think yeah you know and that's where just can i tie something really quick that's why i think like linkedin is so unique in that way is if you get off the pedestal and you go actually have those real conversations I can talk to people about my love for camping, right? Because I saw they posted some photo about them in the great outdoors and be like, oh, what's your favorite spot? And they could be a super technical engineer or they could be a founder or a chief commercial officer or whatever. And at the end of the day, they're just a person and they live their own life and they have kids.
0: I ended up making a a great friend um, from a podcast interview – with someone where, when I invited them, I said, You know what? Let's talk marketing strategy and sci fi because somewhere on their yes. LinkedIn profile it said that. And I was like, You gotta really like that to throw that on your LinkedIn profile. Like, let's go. So I'm like, Okay. And and afterward, we, we swapped, you know, at the end of the podcast, we swapped favorite books and I sent her a copy. And, you know, she's, Hey, next time I'm up in New Hampshire, like with my, my friends, When we go hiking, like we'll invite you, and and they certainly did, and we went hiking together. And I was like, "That's what I'm talking about, man! Like, yeah, that's a that's a relationship I want to have." Like that customer, no, it's like real people.
1: Yes, it's real people, and the truth is, all of our buyers are real people, and that always gets taken into a weird extreme. Where no. you know, B to H, you know, business to human selling. And like, no, that's at the end of the day, like it's still a company making a decision about whether sure. they should hire your company. And so, you know, we have all that. But uh for for the the one-on-one work, they're a person. They're yeah. not just a purchasing automaton.
0: <laughs> at oh, least not yet. Yeah, you
1: know, and, I, I and no, know.
0: and I don't see Chat GBT. Tying back in their life story back to LinkedIn in the original Myth Smash, like you did, sir. That was brilliant. You'd have to prompt it three times for that. Um, well, yeah. I, I've got a different kind of a question for you now. It's a bit of a hypothetical because you see, I may okay. or may not have a time machine here in New Hampshire, right? So you come I'm visit. I'm impressed. You come visit. Yeah, I do. It's under a tarp in the backyard, right? So you come visit. We get some beers, we get some lobster. Let's go. Play with the time machine, honey, we'll be back in no time. Literally. Uh, and, mm-hmm. so, and so we get to mess around with this time machine, but it's a specific kind, and it takes us back in time. And you get to go visit yourself four days after graduating from school, four days after, you know, your your young, young man life, right? And you get to go visit yourself and chat with yourself. You just get an economics degree. There we go. You get the economics degree uh-huh. and yeah. you're like, look at me. I'm I got you know, I got a BA in economics, and what do you, what do you, what do you tell yourself? What kind of advice do you give yourself at that point?
1: Oh, such a good question. Do we get to pull up in a Delorean? Is that the time machine? Yes, that, I mean, yes, I feel it's that got a like,
0: visual yeah. modification um, adapter, so if you want to show up <laughs> in a Delorean versus a stagecoach, it's totally possible.
1: Okay, okay, yeah, uh, no, stagecoaches weren't around when when I graduated college. <laughs> They're long gone, so. Probably DeLorean's best. Or a train um,
0: that doesn't need wheels. Because roads, yeah. we don't need roads. Yeah.
1: We don't need roads. It's a really good question, I think. The first thing I probably say is is uh stick stick with, with what you're doing. Like I've always believed that uh the path is the way. Like we're supposed to there's a Franciscan priest that has this great phrase called falling upwards. We're supposed to fall upwards, right? We're supposed to go through a job that didn't work out or, you know, a piece of advice that led us astray or there's somebody who, you know, we thought something was going to work out and then uh, it didn't. Right. <laughs> and and I can think of a lot of moments where, you know, a job that I thought was really for me turned out not for me. Uh, a client that we took on thought they were going to be great. Turns out they were great. And I learned a ton from that experience. Right. And I think that piece of advice to somebody, to myself right out of, uh, college is just stick to it and just kind of trust the process. You know, that's sort of a cliche phrase, but it's definitely worked out for me just to trust the process. Now, the second thing I'd say is don't go eat tacos rapidos on a Friday night because that night they had some bad beef in store and you're really going to regret that decision. But uh, that would be the the other thing I'd
0: add. Don't do it on a Friday. And so then for the rest of your nope. young life, you're, you're going to be like, what was that old guy talking about? No Fridays? And then uh, yeah. you're like, I don't <laughs> I do not do meat on Fridays. Why? Well, I, my, I, I visited <laughs> well, myself from the future. And that, that was the one message yep. that got through. Everything else got staticky. I don't remember the rest, but I definitely remember no tacos know. on Friday.
1: Yep, exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's sick, man. Uh, well, I mean, what what is, what is it lined up to? What is it doing? What are you excited about? Where is it going?
1: Great question. So uh, we really do two things, Casey. One is we get sales teams to adopt social in the way that I talked about today. Cool. And most of the time, it's an uphill battle. We love to fight that uphill battle because we take a sales-led approach You know, we help them figure out their prospecting workflows, who they're supposed to talk to, and we train them. We do training, enablement, workshops, all the rest of that. They
0: can fall upward.
1: But the second, yeah, they can fall upward, exactly. Now, the second thing that we do, uh, which is a little bit broader, and sometimes it's on the back end of a a social selling training program, is we help get sales and marketing in alignment, hence Mm -hmm. the name, Aligned. And the reality is, right now, Uh, The economic circumstances are a little uh, shifty beneath us. Mm. And there's all of these other big changes that are happening. AI, to name one, but the shift from physical to digital and all the rest of it. And the thing that we've seen is that companies just miss their revenue targets or they just can't get consistent growth for some reason. They have weak pipeline for some reason. Hmm. And most of the time, it's because they're stuck in a cycle of misalignment between what marketing is doing and what sales is doing. Sales has shadow ICPs. They have their own version of who they sell to. And rarely does that cycle back into marketing. Mm-hmm. And marketing has their own idea about how the messaging is supposed to work. And a lot of the time, that doesn't reach all the way back into sales. And so sellers are off saying their own stuff when marketing's already invested you know, two and a half years in voice of customer research. And our job, our work, is usually at an executive level, is to get teams to functionally work together and cross-functionally work together so the go-to-market itself is successful. So that's what we're up to. And I'm so excited because, you know, we tend to work with mid-market-esque companies, larger teams, and there's so much opportunity right now uh, to, to become yeah. a market leader everybody's the ground is shifting beneath everybody's feet, which means the team that takes advantage of this moment in time can really catapult them.
0: I love, love that you're in that space, helping teams fall upward and, and fix things and get that relation relationship needs work. Uh, and otherwise you're guessing I, when you mentioned that thing, I just thought back to when I would bring a whole bunch of leads in for, for sales and they would, Cherry pick certain ones and unless you chat with them or sit next to them and find out, uh, they were actually – cherry. they were avoiding a certain lead form mm-hmm. that had less fields mm-hmm. because they thought that person chose to not fill out as many fields as the other one. Mm-hmm. Not because we were made in a more sexy, efficient marketing form. No, they thought all oh, these people didn't care enough to fill things out. <laughs> so they, they left alone. Oh, no. They just ignored them. Yeah. <laughs> And, and they're like, oh, the long form converts more to revenue than the short form mm-hmm. does. Well, uh, now we know why. Now we but know like, why. You we were inferring, and so yeah. Well, I love that you're you're in you're in that role, and especially at a strategic level, you think about targeting. Your top
1: salespeople are going to know who to sell to, and this is always yeah. this is the, like one of our favorite pieces of work is going out and doing interviews with customers and prospects, right? Going yep. and interviewing the top salespeople. This is part of what we do. And going and interviewing the product marketers and then the marketing programs people or whoever's sort of on the demand gen plus performance marketing side and comparing yep. notes. And, and for funsies, sometimes we'll throw in customer success, depending upon the kind of product, because sometimes customer success is a really good perspective. On who the best customers are, right? And then we just compare notes and we say, well, marketing is sort of targeting these three buckets and sales has one of those three, but they've also added on these two because success really likes those other two. But then your prospects disagree about this point of, you know, and it's sort of just getting everything aligned together. And when that organization hits it right and they got all the pieces in. Alignment. Of course, it's not going to solve all the headaches. Of course, there's going to be so many moving parts. But the fundamental strategies there, and when that's there, man, ah, oh, life is just so much
0: easier. <laughs> it's just so much easier. Hell yeah. There's room for Hell experimentation. yeah.
1: You just make it rain. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You're like a rain shaman. Something like that. You should rebrand. I don't
1: have a. I don't have a dance for that though, Casey. I, I feel like a rain shaman has to have a. I got. I'll teach. Okay. You. I got, okay. I got one. Performance I art. Got, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Form, yeah, yeah, it's formative. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well, dude, dude, thank you so much for coming on here. Uh, where can people get in touch with you? They want to reach out, get more information about line, mm-hmm. reach out, connect with you, social, what's good?
1: Uh, definitely just go find me on LinkedIn. There's more than one Morgan Smith, but Morgan Smith at the b Power Hour, I'm the one. I've got a gradient background. And uh, connect with me, shoot me a DM, questions. As as you might imagine, Casey, I'm always open to talk uh, about whatever's on people's minds. It's a it's a great opportunity to connect with folks. So LinkedIn's the best. Hell
0: yeah, man! You got this green, yellow, blue, badass background on brand on brand, man. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> thank you. So good. Well, get dude. Thank you so much for coming on here. I feel like. You know, sometimes you you, you have interviews and, and and you you learn little things. You're, you're reminded of things that you already knew, but this one it's just it's just so good. I feel like we had our own little mini power hour here on this show. Heck like yeah! Thank you again. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's awesome.
1: Thank you. It's been great to be here, Casey. I really appreciated it and glad it was at least entertaining or informative, whichever one it was.
0: Yeah. You know, I was so informed, I forgot. To ask if I was entertained, oh. but I think I was too.
1: Then I've really know, done I my have job I'll to Go today. back and
0: listen again. <laughs> 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 but but yeah, and for those listening, if you learned something, and I freaking know you did, because I got two pages of notes over here, front and back, then share this with someone. Be a thought leader to one person, two people, three thousand people, whatever. Put it in your words, your perspective, share what you heard. Um, And we'll hop in there and comment. Do it the right way. Do it the way we're talking about here. It's credibility. It's not the attention. With that, Morgan, thank you again, sir. You are the best.
1: Thank you, Casey. I appreciate it.
0: All right, guys. This has been it. Another crazy episode of the Hardcore Marketing Show.